Good morning everyone. It's lovely to be with you wherever you are in your living room, in bed with your cup of coffee, whatever. So I am here to continue our series on Life with Jesus. We're continuing to look at that and in recent weeks we've really been struck by the verse from Joel chapter 2 in the Bible and that call to return to the Lord. Um, Joel chapter 2 verse 12 even now declares the Lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning and last week Paul continued to speak on that theme of sacrifice and how turning to the Lord and life with Jesus means laying your life down and he especially was thinking about the verses in Mark chapter 8 verse 34 and 35 whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. And like, as well as receiving comfort from God in this challenging time of coronavirus and things, life just looking totally different, I really do feel that the Lord is challenging us. And last week, Paul um, basically asked three, us to think about three questions. So for you individually, what does return to the Lord mean to you? What does life with Jesus look like for you? And what steps of sacrifice might Jesus be inviting you to make? So um, being a bit of a geek, I was really excited when I came another across another passage in the Bible where people of Israel turn back to the Lord. So if you have a Bible or on your phone and you're following along, we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 7. So verses 2 to 6. Then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. So Samuel said to all the Israelites, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asterisks and commit yourself to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their bales and their asterisks and served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. And this is what they did. On that day, they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as a leader of Israel at Mizpah. So the people of Israel turned back to the Lord, and Samuel says to them, If you're returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and commit yourself to the Lord and serve him only. And I just felt as I read that verse that there was another challenge to us. You know, what are the foreign gods in our lives? What do we have in place of God or before God? And are there things we need to rid ourselves of so that we can commit to the Lord and serve him only? And I'm not going to list what those things might be because each of us needs to go before the Lord and ask him that for ourselves and to be honest some of us pretty much knew what they are that we're well aware of them so in this story Samuel intercedes with the Lord for them that's to say he acts on their behalf and they pour out water for before the Lord they fast and they confess they say we've sinned against you God and the Philistines do attack them. They're still scared. So they plead with Samuel, you know, don't stop. Don't stop crying out to the Lord for us. And the Lord does save them from the Philistines. So what do we learn from this story? When the people of the Lord are up against it, when they're facing trouble, 
They turn to the Lord, they put him first, they fast and they confess. And I came across another example of that. This time we're looking at 2 Chronicles 20 and there's so many parallels with these stories and what we read in Joel chapter 2. So they're in trouble again. A vast army is coming towards them. They're in troubled times like us. And what do they do? They inquire of the Lord, they seek his help. And again, they proclaim a fast. So if we look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20 this time, verse 3 and 4, so alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of the Lord came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. So they're totally dependent on God. They come together to seek his help. And this is what they declare in verse 9. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save, it, save us. So that is their vow, like no matter what happens, no matter what hardship comes their way, they're going to stand in God's presence and cry out to him. And again, I find myself asking, is that my response? Is that our response? You know, when we face trouble, are we determined to stand in God's presence and cry out to him, to trust him? Or do we try and work it out for ourselves first and put our own measures in place and put our own control? If we read on in that chapter in 2 Chronicles 20, we see what happens, they say, about their enemies. Oh God, our God, will you not judgment? judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. And whenever I read that, I really loved that picture of all the men, all the women, all the children, all the little ones just standing together. And I know we can't stand together physically right now, but let's stand together where we are. Let's stand together as a church. And what they're saying is, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And um, I don't know if other of you remember, but... We used to sing a worship song about that quite a lot in the early days of Carrick Vineyard, early years. And the line was, when we don't know what to do, our eyes will be fixed on you. I'm not going to sing it, but maybe some of you are humming it in your head now. Sergi doesn't remember it. <laughs> so um, we don't have the power. We don't have the power. Like they didn't have the power to make the army disappear. Sadly, we don't have the power to make coronavirus disappear. And I, I just feel more and more aware of that sense of what it's robbing us of. Like, perhaps some of us have been able to get on with it, but there's times, especially for me personally, in the last few weeks, I've just felt upset because it feels like an attack on who we are as people, you know, our natural instincts, you know, to welcome people maybe into our homes, to be hospitable, to meet with our friends, to be with our families. Like it feels like that is being robbed of us and we can't do those things in the same way. And sometimes that can make me go like, what is this about? And that's when I have to say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are going to be fixed on you. And a word we were on a call with other vineyard pastors actually and that was one of the words that one of them really felt especially for us all that God was calling us to lift our eyes lift our eyes to Jesus and fix our eyes on him 
And what happens when we do that, when we fix our eyes and are utterly dependent on God, we find out later on in this chapter in 2 Chronicles 20, in verse 14, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah. And then as he stands, the Spirit of the Lord comes on him and he gives this word to all the people. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. And he gives instructions and then in the next verse 17, more reassurance. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you Jude in Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. And I just saw surely these are words to encourage us in these days do not be afraid or discouraged the battle is not yours but god's what is he calling us to take up your positions stand firm and see the deliverance the lord will give you and his promise to us to them and to us the lord will be with you so as we pray as we fast and as we inquire of the lord he will pour out his spirit and speak to us and it's Echo in Joel chapter 2, you know, when they return to the Lord, then it says, my spirit will be poured out on all people. So I'm sorry if this feels like, oh, she's saying it again. But I just really feel like I can't get away from the sense of this is what the Lord is saying to us in this time. And we need to stay here and we need to dig in and take this seriously. We can't just move on without doing something about it. So you might have seen from what I've shared this morning so far, one of the things that keeps coming up is fasting. So it was mentioned in the verse in Joel, um, it's been mentioned in other things we're reading and some people have been chatting to in the last couple of weeks have just asked me about it and said, is that something we could look at together? And as I thought about it, I felt a bit taken aback to be honest that I suppose with our 10-year birthday coming up, it makes you reflect on everything that God's done in the last 10 years. And I kind of felt bad that fasting isn't something that I think we've really talked about much. So I feel like that's a season, you know, that, so this is like, what's the word? Um, Timely. Yes, timely. That's the word. This is timely. And I think it's something that we really need to look at together and grow in together. So I've found so much helpful information on the prayer course website. They've got loads of wonderful prayer tools and one of them is how to fast and I will post a link to that after on our Facebook page. But this is their definition of fasting. The biblical principle of fasting is a process of forgoing something, primarily food, in order that we might turn our gaze onto God in a more intense and focused way. So the verses that we've looked at just this morning clearly mention fasting. It's obviously referred to in Nehemiah, in Esther, in Daniel, and in the Psalms. So it's a practice of God's people that we see throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus also talks about it in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. So he talks about prayer and giving. And he also says in verse 16 of Matthew 6, when you fast... So it's not just like if you fast, if you fancy doing a fast, it's when you fast. So it seems to be that that's something that life with Jesus means. As followers of Jesus, we should be doing that. Jesus says when you fast. 
So if you've never thought about fasting before or you're not familiar with it and you're thinking, oh, well, I follow Jesus, but I've never really thought about this or done this. Well, let's go on a journey and learn about it together. So whenever I say the word fasting, you guys, probably the first thing you think about is giving up food. But it's very important to think that fasting is also a feasting on God. So it's an utter dependence upon the presence of God beyond the sustenance of food. And for those of you who are Facebook people, you might know that every Friday, Jules posts a Vineyard Insight on our Facebook page, just like a short clip from Vineyard of different people sharing wisdom. And this week, I didn't know she was going to post one about fasting. So it's Jay Pathak who spoke a few weeks ago, a Vineyard pastor from the US, and he said, and I love this short dip summary, fasting is emptying yourself to get a hunger for God. So that is a short, sharp, perfect definition. And we probably think sometimes of fasting being something private between ourselves and God. But the Bible also clearly refers to times when people fast together. So the examples we've read this morning in the Old Testament, the people fasted together because they were in a desperate situation. They realized they were in trouble. They repented of their sins and they cried out to God for fasting and breakthrough. And we can also see this in breakthrough moments in the New Testament. Um, Jesus told the disciples when they were confronting demonic activity that this sort, a certain demonic activity, this sort only comes out through prayer and fasting. And later on in the book of Acts, there's a critical moment in the life of the church as they move into Gentile territory. So the apostles and the prophets fast together and pray to God and ask for wisdom for what would turn out to be the explosion of the gospel breaking through in a new missional way. And we read about that in Acts chapter 13. So the prayer, I love this explanation from the prayer course. There's a dimension to fasting which draws us into the spiritual realm and the front edge of spiritual warfare. Significant shifts and major breakthroughs can come as a result of prayer, fasting and prayer, and it's proven to be a primary tool for thousands of years in the advancement of the kingdom. So like when we pray and when we fast, it adds an extra dimension and we can see kingdom breakthroughs. And you know, sometimes um, when I talk to some people at church and they're going through a particularly hard time, they'll tell me that although they were so troubled it was actually the time they felt closest to God and that can be true of fasting as well when we feel weak weak in our body sometimes that's when we're actually strongest in spirit and we're alert we're spiritually heightened and we're primed for a breakthrough and you know fasting is one of the very first things we learn about Jesus you know we've talked about this before he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness when we looked at life with Jesus in the book of Mark he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and he overcomes the devil's temptations and the the enemy comes to him he's hungry understatement he's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights And the devil says, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answers, it's man will not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So like, I literally can't imagine that fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil is attacking you. And that is when Jesus seems to have endured the most satanic attacks. 
And that really teaches us something as we try to grow in life with Jesus. Jesus is the son of God, you know, he's powerful, but when he's about to face the temptations of, and torments of the enemy, he utilizes the weapon of fasting and he overcomes the devil and his angels. And what we know about that is after that, we see Jesus' ministry fully begin. So like, what if some of the breakthroughs we wanna see in our own lives or in the lives of our families, our church and our towns and communities will only come after a season of fasting and prayer. So another challenge. So I just wanna get practical for a minute, share a few things, and then Emma's gonna come and share her experience. So how do we fast, what do we do? The prayer course gives great tips for a fast of food and I'm going to share some of those. But we could ask the Holy Spirit what to show us what we could fast. So we can fast other things as well as food. We could fast social media. That could be tough for some people. Alcohol, talking, entertainment or sport or screens or devices. So they're just examples of other things we can fast. So here's some top tips and I'm going to whiz through these. So the first thing to remember is to walk before you can run. We need to have a slow and steady approach to grow in this discipline. You know, so don't just suddenly start fasting for a week or something. You need to start maybe with a partial fast like start with one meal or try a Daniel fast which involves giving up all your treats and concentrating on vegetables and like I am um, really remember years and years ago um, when I was a youth leader we did a fast as part of our youth group um, and like so we did a 24-hour fast and I had never really done it before and after that I remember finding it quite hard to eat because that's another thing you don't fast and then stuff your face straight after so I found it quite hard to eat and then I had other difficulties going on in my life at, at the time that were hard and I kind of got a bit funny about eating and that went on for a few weeks and it Thankfully it didn't, but it could have spiraled into something worse. So I think we do need to be careful with this. So walk before you can run is a really important thing. Build it up gradually. So once you've done that, you could move on and maybe try a 24 hour period. Um, you could try that once a week, once a month, then once a week. And then once you've moved on to that, you could try a longer fast, maybe a consistent rhythm of the first two days of the month. So this is like, really building it into your Christian walk in our life with Jesus. Another tip is to plan. So don't just pack it when you're fasting, don't just pack that day full of activity so you can forget about the fact you're fasting. You need to set time aside to be mindful of God, to pray. You know, don't just fill up the time. Fasting is about seeking the Lord. And also just to say, if you've got medical conditions, you know, it's good to make check those out and make sure perhaps if you need to check with your GP. And while we're fasting, we need to monitor, pay attention to the attitude of our heart. What is God saying to us? You know, fasting is about drawing closer to God. So what's he revealing to us? Perhaps he's challenging us and what needs to change. And this is an important one, keep going. So when you start fasting, you are gonna feel hungry. It's not gonna be comfortable, but you know, Try to resist that and allow the pains that you feel to trigger up for you to pray prayers to God. 
And um, I didn't know this, but soon the pangs will pass. Initially, the body might suffer discomfort, and Emma knows all about the health benefits, but that's due to the body ridding itself of toxins that have built up because of bad eating habits. So don't be disturbed, and you could be thankful that God, is, it's about health and well-being um, as well. So that's another benefit of fasting. Keep worshipping, you know, Outwardly, it might be a struggle or you might feel like I just have to get through this. I just have to get on with it. But like, let's worship God. Let's inwardly be singing and adoring him and draw near to him and then be wise. You know, be aware your body might be a bit weaker. So don't do anything strenuous that might put yourself at risk or other people, you know. And as I said before, when you break your fast, you need to do it with something light, not just stuff your face with rich food. So. That is top tips for fasting, which I have blatantly stolen from the prayer course. So hopefully some of you might be considering this. A couple of questions just that came to me as we were speaking this morning. Challenges. What are the foreign gods we need to get rid of so we can turn to the Lord? And what are the things that you would long to see breakthrough in that God could be prompting you to fast and pray about? And if I'm being honest, my experience of fasting felt a bit difficult because a few years ago I was fasting because a friend of mine was really ill um, with cancer and I fasted and although she battled really hard, eventually she passed away and if I'm being honest with you, I find that hard because I just thought, well God, I fasted and that didn't come out the way I wanted it to, although he did answer prayers along the way. so. In some ways, maybe I've pushed it aside a bit and I wish I hadn't done that. And now I'm coming back and saying, God, this is something you call us to as believers. So I want to know more and I want to journey this again. So I'm going to welcome Emma now because she's going to come and share with us. So are we okay with, yeah. So I've asked Emma to come because I've chatted to her at different times before and I know that she has had times of fasting. So Emma, I just want to ask you why you've practiced fasting and what your some of your experiences of fasting have been, if that's okay. Yeah, um, Yeah. so fasting isn't anything that you go into and relish the thoughts of going into it, like many things. Um, and I attended another church before Vineyard for a long period of time and they fasted regularly twice a year. Mm -hmm. So at the start, it wasn't something I thought really that I wanted to be involved in. They fasted in January, in the start of a new year, and then September. And they would have done a week fast, and they would have talked, a everything that you've talked about. And mm. so over time, I started to realize how much of a biblical principle it was. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of came to Vineyard and was involved with Hazel and Michael's um, stepping into prophecy and really had a hunger for hearing from God and felt that it was blocked and it wasn't happening, but was still attending CFC and mm. their fasting and so I thought well I'll, I'll try this and like you said the first time I did it for a week um, the next time it came up I did it for three days and then I thought, really wanted to challenge myself and do it for longer so the longest I've done is a six day fast right and it's just like you say you know the first day um, yeah you can kind of get on with it one day the second day yeah you're aware of being hungry but then it passes and you just get on with things mm -hmm. and setting that time aside for me it was setting time aside to really go after hearing from God mm -hmm. and like any biblical principle it's not 
always easy, given of your time, given of your money, given of your resources. We don't want to do those things. But we, we, we live in a very comfortable Western world and we're mm. surrounded by food and often we use food like a drug mm. um, and we use food to busy our minds with other things. And so for me, it was clear my spiritual channels and remove my focus of eating to strengthen my focus on the Lord and really try and sharpen my spiritual ears. Mm. Um, and as as time went on and the more fasts that I did, the more benefits of spiritually I started to see mm-hmm. about focusing your spiritual ears, putting God first, you know, relying on him for sustenance, as you've already said, mm-hmm. rather than thinking about food all the time. And we do. Um, I don't think you appreciate how much you think about food yeah. until you go but on a fast. So true. And, and yes, okay, so you can get a bit headachey. You've already talked, you're really correct about how your body detoxes. God is so wise. Mm. in these regular fasts that is an expectation like the expectation of that Jesus leaves us with that we will go out and heal the sick you know look after the poor look after the widows and go and preach the gospel and I hate that I'm not good at going out and speaking to people so I practice so I go out with revive I put myself in the uncomfortable places and I practice going without food who wants to do that so you Mm. have to practice it yeah as you everything you've said you've covered really well yeah are my experiences of it yeah and it's again like anything going for a run going for a walk you don't really want to be bothered but afterwards the benefits of it both physically and spiritually are just worth doing it and and that puts you in a position then where next time Mm -hmm. you remember the benefits and it's a bit easier to do each time yeah that's brilliant thank you and do you remember any breakthroughs you've seen as a result of fasting or something specific you've heard from the lord because you said we're so intentional yeah yeah because you know, so one of the things about fasting that I have found is that when I do get those wee hunger pangs or yes, you get a bit woozy, you get a bit lightheaded, you, maybe you get a bit, everybody has different man- physical manifestations of going without food for a period of time. And it reminds me in my busyness when I get those feelings of, oh yeah, I'm fasting, oh yeah, it's the Lord. And, it, and I spend a little bit of time, maybe just in work a few minutes or just mindful, just being mindful that I'm putting God first mm. and I'm setting all things aside. And you know, at the start you talk, use scriptures about deny yourself mm-hmm. and set aside and rid yourself. And that's mm. what we're doing with fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there was again on the back of wanting to hear from the Lord and beginning to understand maybe more about my Christian faith and looking for a prayer language. Mm. So at one point I did fast um, and really sought God and sat and wrestled with him and went after it, went after my prayer language to speak in tongues and that came mm-hmm. at the end, you know, halfway through that period of time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's been maybe things in my life that I have felt are so crucial and I fasted for and I haven't got the response mm-hmm. that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I haven't got the breakthrough in that area, but, it, but on reflection, maybe I wasn't praying along God's will for yeah, my life. Yeah. So maybe I was wanting, yeah, not the lottery, but for example, I want to win the lottery, I'm going to fast <laughs> yeah. to win the lottery, but maybe yeah. it's not God's plan for me to win yeah, the lottery. Yeah. So in which case then I've learned that, okay, so I fasted and prayed and I sought that. It didn't come about what I wanted, but then I have to maybe realign. So it changes me. Fasting yeah. changes the person. It doesn't change God, Yeah. but it changes you. It changes your perspectives on what it is that you're going after. And yeah. that's the big thing I felt that it, that um, focuses my mind more on maybe what God wants for me yeah. as opposed to what I want for me. Yeah, and I think, you know, 
sometimes it feels like the thing that you're praying for is what God would want but I always remember after that time that I was praying and fasting that phrase even if not he is still good yeah you know and that trust thing that even if it wasn't the outcome that I longed for I still trust you God yeah. you know and that's so important as well yeah so like what would you say to people who maybe have never done this before or haven't done it for a long time and they're thinking right well if this is a biblical practice that Christians Jesus says when you fast so they want to do it what would you say to them like as someone who's done it quite a lot you know from um, remember yourself starting out yeah so myself sorry I didn't want to do it <laughs> yeah so you and that's that, that's normal you find every excuse under the sun and then mm. you decide you're going to do it and you make the decision you commit to it and you decide you're going to fast for a day and that's the day that in work somebody's leaving and everybody brings loads of cake <laughs> yeah. or somebody arrives around to your house with a meal like it really satan is against you developing yeah. your relationship with the lord so every obstacle that you can imagine will come up mm -hmm. for me that's always the way it'll be a birthday or a night out or somebody calls with food and it's like what ah. the time I am? nobody's called for weeks and then they call now <laughs> yeah so it, you will come up against that resistance and you'll come up with ideas and your you know your brain will be like oh this isn't a good idea or mm. oh I'm a bit dizzy maybe fasting's not for me but mm. everybody gets dizzy they're normal reactions to mm. fasting and going without food but you'll it'll not kill you yeah. I think the thing to remember is that you know our ancestors they didn't eat the way we eat they didn't mm. eat regularly three times a day there are other countries in the world who don't eat like we eat. Yeah. They're the countries who don't have the diseases we have. Yeah. You know, and I know we're talking about spiritual fasting, but like God in his wisdom give us fasting and it's so healthy for our bodies. Mm. It rids us of disease, it cleanses us, it detoxifies our bodies. Um, and I could talk like for hours on that. Yeah. There's so much, it's so interesting the research that's been done on, yeah. the, on how much fasting benefits. But yeah. I think, as everything you said, start small, start with one day, do a 24 hour fast. You might be on medications, so as you said, you, you know, my dad fasts as well, he's on medications, mm. it hasn't killed him. Do you know, it's, you might, it might be a bit unpleasant, a bit uncomfortable, but it's definitely worth investigating mm. and don't allow the excuses mm -hmm. to override. Plan it, as you've said, yeah. don't have your grocery shopping on the day that you're fasting. <laughs> like, Tesco delivery. You know? ah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those little things, don't have a fridge full of food yeah. that you're going to think, oh, I don't want to waste it, so better not fast today. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. Come up, your brain will come up with every excuse not to do it. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. So just to finish off, I had thought Emma and I had said maybe we should pick a day that as a church we could choose to fast. So I'm really putting it out there. This Wednesday, the 7th of October, is our actual 10th birthday. So imagine if we, as many of us as want to, and as we said, start small, maybe just one meal or if you feel like going for the whole day, fast on this Wednesday, the 7th of October, a meal or social media or TV or whatever you want to do and seek God for breakthrough, like seek, you know, it might be personal things, healing for someone, you know, someone to come back to the Lord or let's cry out for God to pour out his spirit on our communities and to see people come to faith, to see people set free. So 
we're putting it out there to fast this Wednesday, the 7th of October, on our actual birthday. And there, to me, there was something about fasting before celebration. So on Sunday night, we're going to be celebrating all that God has done. So fasting and then feasting, but we're not really feasting because we can't have food together. But you know what I mean? So what we're going to do now is we're going to finish with a song of worship. We haven't done this before, but the guy said, why are we just stopping abruptly? And I was like, yeah, why are we? Let's finish with a song of worship. And then I would like to invite Emma to come back and pray for us all at the very end, if that's all right. <laughs> I didn't even tell her that. Just panicking now. So we're going to finish with a song of worship um, and then pray together. So over to you guys. 